Well, hello and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando, the Greek editor of Woman and Home and Woman magazine. And I'm Ian McEwen, writer on TV Times, What's on TV and TV and Satellite Week magazines. And this week we're looking at the new releases for the week starting Friday the 17th of March 2023, including Kira Knightley playing a reporter on the trail of a serial killer in the Disney Plus true crime drama Boston Strangler and Apple TV Plus's anthology climate change series Extrapolations, starring Meryl Streep, Kit Harrington, and Sienna Miller. And we'll also be catching up with football coach Ted Lasso, also on Apple TV, and remembering a terrorist atrocity in ITVX drama series Bali 2002. But first, Ian, what is in the news? ITVX's darkly comic thriller Passenger will see Wunmi Masaku play a former London cop who looks into a series of bizarre events and shocking crimes in a northern village. What else is in the news, Hannah? Robert De Niro will reportedly star as a former US president in Netflix's tense six-part conspiracy thriller Zero Day, which will also executive produce. Well, a pretty decent week this week, I would say. We're going to start... The first of two on Apple TV+. Plus. This arrives on Friday the 17th of March. It's a drama series. It's called Extrapolations. And here's a clip. I think it helps to look at climate change like a bear. The whole planet's been wrestling with the bear for decades. So far, the bear's been kicking our ass. What if we were able to develop technology that would allow us to survive, maybe even thrive, You don't know what's going to happen. It won't go the way you want. So pretty impressive cast list for this. I think you'd agree, Hannah. We've got the likes of Meryl Streep, Forrest Whisker, Gemma Chan, Tobey Maguire, Diane Lane, Kit Harrington. The names go on and on. It's created by Scott Z. Burns, or should that be Scott Z. Burns? Uh, He wrote the 2011 film Contagion, and he was also behind the Oscar-winning documentary An Inconvenient Truth, which was all about climate change, of course. And that's the theme of this new series. So it's set in the not-too-far-distant future where we're seeing the effects of climate change. There's a lot of forest fires everywhere. The ice caps are melting. So there is a fair bit of quite futuristic technology, which is well done, but it's it's recognisable enough. And I want to start by saying this is the sort of series that it's vital that people are making because every time we hear a warning about climate change or habitat destruction or depletion of the ecosystem and wildlife, everyone just ignores it and we just carry on, you know. So... It seems almost inevitable that we're going to see, you know, rising sea levels. We're going to see more severe weather. As a result of that, things like a lack of clean water cause problems. So that's the world in which this is set. So in episode one, you've got these different interconnected stories. Okay, so in one of them, a newly trained rabbi who is clashing with his father. His father's played by Peter Rygaard who was in Animal House all those years ago, and local hero. He looks a bit different now, but I still recognised him. So that storyline, I didn't particularly buy into it. 
And his father is a kind of business advisor for this tycoon who is played by Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones. He's called Nicholas Bilton. And he has a potential plan to solve the drought crisis because he has invented a way of desalinating seawater. And then his colleague, played by a Welsh actor, Matthew Rees, is off to the Arctic Circle where they're planning to build a casino, but there's actually an ulterior motive to do with the natural resources in that area. Anyway, the character of Junior, I found, was a real kind of caricature of a heartless kind of capitalist who doesn't care about the environment and says as much and he's up there with a with a rock star who's going to do a performance it's not very convincing at all it's all a bit hammy I mean it's not it's not the actor's fault it's the it's the script so I kind of feel that this will vary in quality according to the different episodes because there will be new stories, new cast, but I think it's great that it's been made and and it's, you know, it's a salutary reminder that climate change is real and unless we do something quickly, this is the world we're going to be living in, which is not a pleasant one. What did you think, Hannah? They've certainly thrown a lot of money at it, haven't they, in terms of the names, as you say, you know, a stellar lineup. And But I kind of would agree with you. I, I think, as you rightly pointed out we do need stuff like this because we need to kind of um real have a real awareness of what is is likely to happen unless you're a conspiracy theorist who doesn't believe it's happening um of course um but i think what's interesting about this or for me take away the hammy bits and all, all of that that you mentioned is the the fear factor because it, i think anything that sort of strikes me as credible and could be real makes me feel a bit nervous and um i think you mentioned but this was this has been created by um scott z burns and that i was reading something and he talks about about what they've done in this or what he's created and he said people might want to call us sci-fi but it's the shows that ignore the reality of the climate crisis that are the real fantasies it isn't a science lecture anymore it's a race against time and i think that's palpable in it it's a race against time could this really could this be a snapshot into our future or not and as you say we kind of do we hear this stuff but we there's this cursory changes you might sort of well I'll recycle a little bit more much bigger things need to happen so you know I think it raises awareness I think it could have been done probably better but as I say it's got a stellar a stellar lineup and um, it certainly addresses some quite big issues that we need to all be thinking about well from the future we're rewinding back to the 1960s over on Disney Plus for a feature film you're going to tell us about Hannah it's Boston Strangler and here's a clip the city is for some glamorous stimulating prosperous only recently has it become dangerous Jack I think I found something Three women were strangled over the last two weeks. You're on the lifestyle desk. You're not covering a homicide. So, yeah, this is based on the notorious 1960s serial killer um, named the Boston Strangler. And, you know, it's this is not the first and it probably won't be the last um, in terms of books, documentaries, films, etc. Um, 
but this is this is an int- I, I I personally think this was done very nicely. Um, it's it's the story of two female journalists who originally broke the story, and again, you know, it feels like we've just recently actually. I think we were, I can't even remember what it was we were talking about a, a show, and um, it was the underdog that, that that broke the story. So you know, there's this journalist, and she's on the lifestyle desk, but wants to break free of that kind of very um, monotonous, arguably boring content, and wants to kind of break a story and um and that's exactly what they do some big names here we've got um loretta mclaughlin mclaughlin played by kira knightley um and jean cole by um played by carrie coon and they're the two reporters at boston's american record and they they go the extra mile it's sort of almost unbelievable journalism but i do think there probably are journalists that actually do go to great lengths to uncover the truth but these two really do put their lives in danger and they um they aid the police but they're also kind of against the police because so 13 women were killed in boston between uh, 1962 and 1964 of varying ages between 19 and 85 years old and um they all had the same pattern and the person Loretta played by Kira Knightley works out that there's a connection or she believes there's a connection and you know very male dominated world journalism editors are boss uh, you know male bosses doesn't believe her no load of nonsense um and and she has to prove that this is this is the case but um, because she's you know absolutely frustrated in the role that she's got and and it is a real scoop because she uncovers things that the police perhaps should have should have found out. It basically sets the paper up against the police. Um, real anger amongst the police force. Um, but the you know, paper's editor's delighted. It's got a massive scoop. It, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's really good. What I, what I like about this, though, is the kind of, A, it's quite fascinating watching, uh, you know, people play the part of journalists, given the roles we do, um, albeit not trying to um, un, go undercover like this or investigative journalism in quite the same way. But it's um, how their personal lives intertwine because I think the hours that journalists do can be quite, you know, unusual. Um, it's quite all encompassing. And so to see the personal life there's really good. I mean obviously Kira is a is a British actress um and she and she plays an American here and I, I think she did the accent very well. You might disagree, but I think she did quite well with that. Um, and I and it it is an interesting tale to say it's it's been done before, but this felt for me really quite really quite gritty and um really really enjoyable despite the sort of dark nature of it what did you think Ian? yeah i thought it was good i must say i've not seen the the 1968 film the tony curtis film and i didn't really know the story of the boston strangler so i think a lot of people like me will come to this and the investigation will all be fresh because they won't remember the details or they won't have heard the details. So it looks really good. I love the kind of colour palette they've used. It's all sort of blues and greys and browns. It's got kind of a slightly noirish feel to it. And as you say, a lot of it, as well as the fact that the the female population of Boston is being terrorised by this killer who manages to get let into these apartments where women live on their own there's never forced entry and he leaves this sort of calling card of of tying strangling them with their stockings and and tying them in a bow a lot of the scenes reminded me as you say it's very much also about 
women working in the world of men. You remember that scene in Silence of the Lambs where Starling comes into this room which is full of male police and there's a female victim of crime. And it very much got that feel. She's entering in, she's interviewing these cops, she's she's going into the male-dominated newsroom. Um, and I think it's well done. And yeah, they show her family life as well. So I think people were a bit kind of sniffy about Kira Knightley's acting when she started out, possibly because of her looks. But she's very good. And, and I think she does a great job in this. So yeah, if you like a true crime drama slash thriller, this is well worth a watch. And, and there's an interesting twist at the end of the investigation as well. So yeah, good to see two strong female leads playing real life people. And yeah, very enjoyable. And before we continue, we want to tell you about a new podcast in the Binge Watch family, which is very exciting. Douze Point is your essential Eurovision podcast. And here's a sneaky peek. Hello, London. We are ready for your vote. Hello. I'm Stephen Perkins, and this is Douze Point, a brand new podcast from the Binge Watch family that celebrates the weird and always wonderful world of the Eurovision Song Contest. I'm a TV magazine journalist and a Eurovision obsessive, and together we'll be exploring everything that makes the show great, from breaking news and current stories to deeper dives into the history of the contest. So thank you, brilliant listener, for joining me, and I hope we're going to have fun. We'd love to hear from you as well. So if you've got a hot Eurovision take you want to share, get in touch with us via our socials at bingewatch underscore pod on Twitter. Yes, presented by my very talented colleague, Mr. Steve Perkins. So make sure you follow, listen and share Deuce Point right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Now we have another drama based on a real life story on ITVX. It's called Bali 2002, and here's a clip. Major terrorist attack on the tourist island of Bali. It's pretty bad. The numbers of dead and dying keeps growing, and most are Australian. So this is a four-part miniseries. And it's based on the events of October 2002, when there are two explosions in a tourist resort in Bali in Indonesia, which killed 202 people. An absolutely shocking terrorist atrocity, and it left more than 200 injured. So this series is is retelling the, kind of the build-up to the event, the event itself, and very much the aftermath, the sort of the victims, the survivors the hunt to find the people who'd done it and so it's a big ensemble cast as you can imagine among whom is the brilliant Rachel Griffith of Muriel's Wedding fame she plays a, a plastic surgeon she doesn't come she's not in episode one which is the only one I've seen so episode one is showing various people who were all going to be in this place Kuta in in Bali where there were two bombs actually one was in a place called Paddy's Bar. And then because everyone came out of the bar when the explosion went off, there was another one in a car outside which killed lots more people shortly afterwards. So it's absolutely horrific. And they they do recreate the scene, which is pretty well done because you can imagine that's quite challenging to do. The build-up to it, I would say, I didn't find the dialogue among the characters particularly credible. So there's a, there's some newlyweds one of whom is played by Bridgerton star, 
Claudia Jesse. There's a couple of um, Australian sports stars. There's two female friends. So, you know, as you can imagine, there's a lot of Aussies go to Bali. And so there were, I think there was mostly Australians who were killed in, in, in this attack. So I didn't think the characters didn't particularly ring true with me before the event. But of course, this series is very much about the impact and bereavement and survival and coming to terms with your injuries and rebuilding your lives, as well as searching for the people who who committed the crime. So I wouldn't say it's perfect, but I think it's a sensitive treatment of, you know, an utterly horrific, horrific terrorist attack. Um, So, yeah, there's plenty, plenty to recommend it. But as you can imagine, it is quite harrowing, of course, because of the subject matter. But but well done. What did you think, Hannah? I think harrowing is the right word because, you know, like you said, it was just an absolutely awful, awful terror attack. And you you see these things on the news, don't you? And you, it's just, it just doesn't matter how many times you see them. It, it's as shocking as if you've never seen one before and, and, and absolutely terrible. And I think that when you see something like this, it reminds you again, if you're any, any, anything like me, you kind of box it off and, you know try that's your way of of dealing with it i suppose um because it's just so inhumane and they do use real footage intertwined in this drama so um i think that really well it is authentic of course it is it's the real stuff but it kind of i think it really adds to it and for me um it's a it's a harrowing view I, I, i don't think there's any other way of saying it. it's just um sad devastating and I think it, it it certainly for me it gives you lots of information, puts meat on the bones, I suppose, around the whole thing. But as I say, if you're somebody like me, you tend to put it in a box and lock it away, which probably a therapist would tell me is a very bad thing to do. But I kind of that's how I deal with things, and sometimes that's unlocking the box and looking at it. And I'm not sure that I particularly enjoy looking back at something so atrocious. If that makes sense. Well, we've had climate change warnings. We've had a uh, '60s serial killer and a terrible real-life terrorist atrocity so thank goodness Hannah we're going to finish with something uh, which brings us some welcome light relief over on Apple TV plus it's the return of Ted Lasso and here's a clip so very much. On three. One, two, three. I love you guys very much. Great job. Oh, Rock Kent just said great job. Yep, season three and 12 episodes for you to enjoy. (laughs) Um, It really is a feel-good comedy drama and um, anybody that watched the watched the last season, you you do need to watch the other seasons. I hasten to add, I think um, you'll know that it ended on this sort of very bittersweet note um, because it follow it follows a London the London Football Club AFC Richmond, and they secured a promotion to the top flight. Um, but just when things were going really really well. Um, 
coach Ted Lasso, um, played by Jason Sudeikis, um, lost his right-hand man, Nate Shelley, played by Nick Mohammed, um, and he went to rivals West Ham United. And um, don't for a minute, I feel like this is very stereotypically um, sort of um, swaying towards real football lovers, perhaps arguably predominantly male. I don't think that's true. It's just funny for absolutely everybody. Oh, certainly I enjoy it anyway. And... Um, this new season, we rejoined the, both the clubs. We're not just following one club anymore. Um, this is both the clubs. And you can see these two who were, you know, great mates, worked together very closely, obviously being incredibly successful to get the team to where they needed it to, um, at odds with each other because um, Nate absolutely goes for Ted in the press conference um, as the new Hammers manager. And it's it's really, it, I mean, it's such a light-hearted kind of... Um, take on the footballing world as I'd imagine it would be sort of behind clo uh, closed doors I imagine it's quite different but this this, this is just a light hard to take on it um, but he's kind of overstepped the mark it's a real betrayal and so you you know you see sort of friends falling out there feels like there's um, th there's a story that weaves th th that keeps it all together but essentially in this series it's very much about these two friends sort of going head to head and it's not just the teams it's a it's a friendship that's ruined um i mean this is this is one an emmy so it, it it really is it is very very funny um and it sort of it stereotypes the the women that are involved in it but they're also uh, you know it's, it's sort of um, the script means that you're laughing with them, not necessarily at them all the time. And it feel it's very it's very feel good, but with but not throw away either. In as much as there is a there is a bit more to it. I don't know if you'd agree. And I, I mean, I I personally have really enjoyed this series. It's a phenomenon, isn't it, Ted Lasso? Yeah. And it's it is something different because in a world of sort of a lot of mockumentary comedies or a lot of very cynical kind of arch knowing comedies it does have that slight naivety and that feel-good quality because teddy i don't know it's a bit like as if ned flanders from the simpsons had become a british a manager of a british football club it's got a charm to it the magic hasn't quite worked on me i would say but i think that's because i haven't really seen enough of it i've just dipped in and out but i do think it's quite good that it's now got this little bit of grit this season, mm. this rivalry. And it's quite funny in episode one <laughs> uh, to motivate his his team. Ted uh, takes them on a trip down to the sewers, <laughs> which, which, of course, the press get hold of. And then uh, Nate brings it up in his press conference. And, of course, Ted's reaction to this being, being slagged in the press conference, of course, is to be really nice and positive and wish Nate all the best. So... Yeah, it's got a great charm to it. I love Juno Temple's got um, a great role in this. Uh, she runs a PR firm, and yeah, I really enjoy her performance. It's got Anthony Head. You know, he's he's terrific, isn't he? He's playing. He was the owner of Richmond, and now he's he's in charge at uh, at West Ham, and he he welcomes Nate with a lovely Aston Martin car. Yeah. Uh, I bet David Moyes would love one of those, wouldn't he? <laughs> anyway, yeah. So as you say, it, it, for football fans, aren't going to watch it and say, "Wow, this is really convincing," because it's not meant. To, that's not the point of it. But it is. It's a lovely, uplifting, just feel-good comedy that's a bit different to anything that's out there. So long may it continue. 
Now, we've got to that time, Hannah, where I winkle out of you what you've been watching over the past week. So please reveal all. Well, do you know what? I've been watching The Great Pottery Throwdown, which you reminded me of last week because, of course, you mentioned that you're watching it. I thought, oh my goodness, I'm missing it. I've got to get back on board. And I absolutely love it. I love their creations. And then the other thing that I've been drawn to is Outer Banks on Netflix because my daughter has started watching it and I needed to check that it was suitable. (laughs) (laughs) How about you? Well, I did request this to preview and the reply came back, it's a live event. Uh, Chris Rock, Selective Outrage on Netflix, the latest Chris Rock comedy special. And of course, he does tackle the whole Will Smith slap incident uh, in a very funny way. I love Chris Rock. That's right. I said it. I love him. And um, <laughs> of course, Crufts has been on Channel 4 for the past week, which is an absolute delight. And the lead singer of the real thing, I don't know if you remember that, them, Hannah. Can't get by without you. That was one of their hits. He's become a top dog shower, and he was showing um, a wolfhound that got into the best in show, the final round. So, yeah, Crufts, what a delight, as always. Crufts is really fun, isn't it? I actually tuned in this year because um, one of my colleagues does one of the voiceovers uh, for it. Uh, or comment, not commentary, I should say, not voiceovers, one of the commentators. And um, it was, it, it, is, it is a delight, really, isn't it? Because I think at one point you think, oh, God, these poor dogs. But it's not like that at all. They're just so loved and so well-groomed. And I looked at my raggedy urchins and I thought, oh, goodness, <laughs> they need a brush. <laughs> Well, we've just got time to look ahead to what we're going to be talking about next week. So uh, what's on the agenda, Brenda? Well, get set for plenty more shocks as Elijah Wood joins the cast of gripping Paramount Plus thriller Yellow Jackets. And Walk the Line star Reese Witherspoon hunts for country music's next star in My Kind of Country on Apple TV+. Plus. So we look forward to those and more. But in the meantime... Watching.